0: Mobile business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com. The Radio Plus mobile app and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all advancing. We're brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call one 866 sector E.T.F. Stocks are fluctuating right now. We do have the Dow trading higher. It had been lower just a moment ago, up now by just about half a point at 18,314. The S&P 500 index up a point to 21.58, a gain there of less than 0.1%. NASDAQ is up nine points, a gain of two-tenths of one percent. The 10-year up 4.30 seconds, the yield 1.54%. Gold down 8.50 the ounce to 13.59, a drop of six-tenths of one percent. And crude oil West Texas Intermediate of $1.34 a barrel, $40.85 right now on WTI. That is a gain of 3.4%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio.
1: Broadcasting live from Atlantic Wharf in Boston, site of Smith and Walensky's. Talking about a wharf that makes me think of trade and Trans-Pacific Partnership. President Obama saying yesterday that he expects the TPP to pass the U.S. Congress after the election. To find out more about this trade agreement, we have Robert Lawrence. He is Albert L. Williams, Professor of International Trade and Investment for the Harvard Kennedy School. He joins us now. He's also a senior fellow at the Peterson Institute for International Economics. Robert Lawrence, thank you very much for being with us. What's your analysis of the TPP as it would affect businesses in the United States?
2: Well, I think on balance, uh, it's a very positive agreement. It's an agreement between 12 countries. They constitute about 40% of the world economy. And it's going to achieve uh, low trade barriers among them, almost remove all of those, not only at the border, but also deal with a lot of the rules that govern international trade. So it's going to offer a lot of opportunities, especially actually for smaller businesses who depend more on um, e-commerce and other ways of reaching markets abroad. So when we do an analysis of the potential gains of the agreement, uh, by, night, by 2030, uh, they amount to something like uh, a half a percent of GDP, uh, about 130 billion dollars. So I think, on balance, it's going to be a, it would be a positive uh, a development.
3: Robert, give us an example of a rule that will be changed that would be beneficial say to the United States what's been a hindrance even if it's very specific to give us kind of a, a sense of what this would mean to an actual business and an actual even worker
2: well um, one of the areas in which rules uh, are, are, are going to, would be agreed relate to service and where they uh, could be located so uh, an American firm uh, that wants to service the entire Asian market, might find it economic to have its server in only one country and to, to then uh, um, uh, serve uh, countries uh, and have its Internet uh, 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 sales uh, occur throughout the whole market. Well, um, uh, today, individual countries can require those servers to be located within the country. Uh, but as a result of the agreement, uh, countries will no longer be able to do that except in the financial area so that would be an example uh, but there are many uh, standards which country which uh, firms have to meet in order to sell their products in different countries and this would make headway in making uh, regulations and uh, much more transparent and uh, much easier to deal with
1: can you address the issue of us workers will they be displaced if the tpp is passed
2: Some workers would be displaced as a result of TPP. Uh, Obviously, if we're opening our market in return for foreign countries opening theirs, there is going to be some dislocation. So we've uh, come up with estimates of uh, what the magnitudes of that dislocation is likely to be. And for individual workers, this can be very painful. But what we find is that um, the TPP is going to be phased in over a period of about 10 years. And uh, even during the period uh, when it's being phased in, the aggregate benefits to the economy are about 12 times the costs to the workers who are dislocated. And then once the workers have adjusted, the economy is left with the benefits. So over the medium term, uh, we're left with something like uh, $130 billion worth of net benefits per year.
3: However, uh, you also acknowledge... And it seems to me you're also seeming to urge that we don't just ignore and say, oh, the net benefit's could be great in 10 years. We acknowledge that if, if I'm the one losing my job, it's not worth it at all, that we need trade adjustment assistance, that we need wage insurance. Explain to us how that would work. Are there provisions for that right now, say, in the proposals so, President Obama is backing?
2: So there are. we do have a, a program which is called trade adjustment assistance, although in my view it's much too small. For individual workers who lose their jobs, uh, trade, uh, or for any reason, uh, that's a very painful experience. Uh, The estimates are that they could lose something like 1.4 times their annual income over their whole lifetime. So we, I believe, need to improve our programs. Uh, The existing programs do uh, provide additional assistance in addition to unemployment insurance to workers who are dislocated. Uh, But I think we should be expanding those, Um, uh, not only for workers who lose their job because of trade, but workers who lose their job for other reasons beyond their own control. Uh, Some workers, many workers who lose their jobs can find alternative work, sometimes even at higher pay. But for some, they're forced to take lower wages. And one component that uh, I believe ought to be uh, expanded is 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 what I call uh, wage insurance, and that would mean that if you lose your job and you take a new job at a lower wage, for some period of time the government would compensate you. And we find that if you take the aggregate benefits from TPP, you can easily afford to have a much more generous program uh, for those workers who are dislocated and who lose.
1: If the TPP does not pass the US Congress,
2: will the other countries that are part of the TPP, will they reap the benefits? Well, uh, specifically, probably not through keeping the same TPP. Because a requirement for TPP to go into effect is in fact that uh, uh, countries which account for 85% of the, of the income uh, uh, sign it. But it is very likely... That if the United States uh, rejects the TPP or does not go along, that the Asian countries who are uh, 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 who have concluded the TPP will liberalize among themselves. It's also the case that China is leading another big trade negotiation in which several of the TPP uh, partners are participating. So we would be withdrawing, uh, but China will be leading. And in a sense, if we don't contribute to setting the rules of the trading system, what we're going to land up with in Asia is a trading system in which China sets the rules.
3: You're the author of many books, uh, one of them Crimes and Punishments, Retaliation, into the, de- the WTO, co-author of several books, but one of the, my favorite titles is Globophobia. Confronting fears about open trade, is globi- globophobia more rampant now? Do you, I mean certainly Donald Trump's uh, cry that, that free trade is not fair trade is resonating with a lot of voters?
2: Absolutely. Uh, so I, I think um, we have had poor economic performance in the U.S., especially when it comes to raising the the median incomes of the average American. And what Donald Trump has done is to seize on and several other candidates, have seized on trade as the big source of all of these problems, both the slow wage growth and the erosion of manufacturing uh, employment. If you look carefully, uh, what you find is that trade has been a contributor, but it's a relatively small contributor. Moreover, if you were to interfere with trade, as Donald Trump is advocating, if you start to put barriers at the border you're actually going to cause more job loss and more dislocation. You know, about two-thirds of all of the products that we import into the United States are not finished products. They're parts, they're intermediate products. If you think of your Apple telephone, uh, at least of your iPhone, uh, you'll realize that uh, it has parts from all over the world. So if you come along and you put tariffs uh, on those uh, imports... What you're going to do is prevent the manufacturing that's currently taking place in the United States from actually uh, occurring. So that would be extremely disruptive. So I think um, not only is uh, trade being villainized as the source of all our economic problems, uh, it has contributed some, but the estimates are, for instance, when it comes to manufacturing jobs... It's probably accounted for one sixth of the loss of the manufacturing jobs. But interfering with trade and erecting new tra- trade barriers certainly isn't part of the solution to our problems.
3: Robert Lawrence, thank you so very much.
2: You're most welcome.
3: You just, I think, enlightened uh, everyone. Uh, listening to the the reality and an intelligent analysis of the trade, the pros and the cons, the pros outweighing the cons, but there's ways, he said, to offset job loss, wage loss. we we'll look forward to having you back on the show as this uh, debate over trade continues. Robert Lawrence is the Albert L. Williams Professor of International Trade Investment at Harvard's Kennedy School and Senior Fellow at the Peterson Institute for International Economics. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox. This is Bloomberg.